Hello and welcome back to the 7MLC podcast with me, your host, Michael Lewis Cunningham. Today, I'm joined by fellow teammate and professional indoor footballer, Matthew Brehm, also known as Frenchie. Frenchie grew up in France, now is playing currently in the USA for the Harrisburg Heat. But he's had an amazing journey so far, some really interesting experiences. You're going to learn a lot from today's podcast. On the side of playing, he's also started his own coaching business, Frenchie Elite Football, and has also come out with a recent resource to help those who are looking to get soccer scholarships in the USA. There's a lot to unpack in today's episode. Hope you're looking forward to it. Let's jump right in. All right, Frenchie, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Good, good. Look at us, Frenchman, Englishman. <laughs> Sitting in some good weather in the US, living the American dream. <laughs> so, of course, your nickname's Frenchie, and that's pretty obvious, but for those who don't know you, why are you called Frenchie? Um, well, obviously, like, being from France, that's kind of like the nickname that you always have, but um, when I came first to the United States, I always turned, that was just the nickname they gave me, and I kind of just stick to it. Um, moving to Michigan and, like, you know, all over, it's just always been the nickname so it's kind of and it's pretty cool too so yeah I got my company as well now that I use that nickname as well so it's kind of you know all universal around that's what people know me as yeah well honestly I've not met too many French people out here so I think I think it is unique because obviously I meet a lot of English people I don't know if it's just a bias that I have that I'm listening for it but no one calls me English or anything like I that. I feel like it's not that cool though. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I always laugh about it. Like French is like a cool nickname that sounds good. Yeah, it does. Sound like good. if I call you like English, it'd be like kind of weird. Or yeah. Like, oh, it German or you know, like <laughs> it's all Spanish. So yeah, a, a French definitely like does sound, I guess, pretty sweet. I guess. Yeah. No, it is. So you grew up in France, of course. Came over to the US. Still got a nice thick accent. So. <laughs> Talk us through your playing career so far. What was your first youth club? How did you get into playing football? What was the youth system like in France? Um, well, so I started, like, honestly, as long as I could remember, like, since day one. My dad was involved in soccer, played at a pretty high level as well. He usually actually played for Monaco. Which oh, is, like, wow. pretty, like, famous, obviously. So, um, grew up around the game. Um, and then signs young, like, five, six, seven years old. You know, like, a lot of people would say that, but... I was like, I'm going to be a pro. Like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to be a pro. So I was always, you know, pretty good, work hard, and, like, also pretty big for my size. So I was always, you know, playing up and, and that. So at um, 12 years old, I actually left home and signed for Le Havre um, Atelier Club, which is, like, where Pogba, Mares, Mendy, mm-hmm. and all those guys come from. So um played there for five, six years. Um had some trials, played with the pros a little bit, had some, you know, um, practices and injuries just happened over and over again. So when I got to 18, contract expires, they gave me kind of like a crappy offer, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like was like, okay, I'm going to go and look at other places. So I did a few tryouts and didn't really get what I wanted. So I kind of called it out at that point. And put it on, you know, on the side and was like, okay, I'm going to go back to school, take care of that and see after if more opportunities come. And then that's when the U.S. kind of hit and that was the golden ticket, you know, just be able to play and finish school at the same time. So that was definitely what I jumped on right away. So Yeah, that is the unique opportunity about being here because in Europe you either have to go full-time football or full-time education. Well, I I, I pretty much, completely honest, like 
stop going to school at like 15 okay like, focusing on football yeah like yeah. i mean you, it's not even focusing it's like you like mondays we have to practice tuesday to practice and then i was you know when i got to like 15 16 good enough to play with like the reserve of the pros so i would practice with my team in the morning and then practice with the pros in the afternoon so you don't even have time ready to go to school like it's not even really a choice of like hey i'm gonna stop school it's more like if i want to be a pro i gotta practice and i gotta yeah. do that so it kind of came to a point of like you're still enrolled in school but you don't really go or you just have tutors but you know it's it's limited so um, I was always good at school that I was able to like keep my grades decently up and graduate like mm-hmm. high school but I know a lot of people that just couldn't do it you know because not being in class and stuff it's it's tough to stay up so yeah did you play a lot outside of your club because I know <coughs> I, I've watched quite a few documentaries on the street football in France and I know it's pretty hot very competitive with like the Netherlands which is very yeah. well known I heard Paris and Amsterdam are meant to be the two highest, but I know yeah. Marseille is pretty big as well. Well, so I actually, like, I am from Marseille, but a little bit more outside of it. So we do have, like, a lot of street soccer and stuff, but it didn't really fit my playing style, I guess. Were you always like, a defender? Yeah, yeah, I was always, well, I was a, a six, like, holy mid, okay. and then I couldn't run, so they put me in the back, right? <laughs> Still, like, nowadays. So um, I always, like, you know, like to be on the ball, but I was more of a passer and stuff. So playing street and just having to defend and go on 1v1 wasn't really, like, my thing and I would get frustrated when people would try to make and stuff you know so yeah, um, yeah. which is funny because now playing indoor that's one of the ones all the time right so <laughs> it's it's interesting but yeah I never really was too much into it just because I would get just frustrated or exposed and it wasn't really my my thing so I always just played organized soccer you know like the good old 11-11 and so mm-hmm. yeah cool so then you start to look into other options as you were saying and you landed on the US you wanted to pursue it what other than just the the opportunity to study and play, was there anything particular about the US that really attracted you? Well, I mean, like, to start with, like, my roommate from Le Havre, like, one of his really good friend of his dad owned a company that sent players there. So that's how he kind of started to get, talk to me about it, and I was like, yeah, because school, what I was doing there, I didn't really like it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, like, was kind of stuck with soccer because over there if you don't make it like it's tough once you're out of that circuit like it's tough to come back in because there's so many good players and to be completely honest like back home like looking at the US it's kind of like oh it's going to be easy to make it right now that I'm here I'm like oh crap like it's not that easy but the big like you know um, common thinking is like oh you can just go there and make it um, so that was one of the best things. I was like, okay, I can go to school and I make it. You know, I go play in USL, MLS. Mm-hmm. Like even MLS, I was like, oh, yeah, I can just right. go play there. You know, <laughs> and like now I realize, like, oh, it's it's not that easy. So, mm-hmm. and after that, like I think like sounds cliche, but the whole like American dream of like, hey, if you work hard, like you can get stuff for yourself. Like I think that's one of the biggest thing too. Of like, once you graduate, you're gonna get a job. You're gonna be paid pretty well. Yeah. And again, if you put the work in, you'll be able to get where you want to be. Yeah. Which like back home like and I'm sure in England it's kind of the same thing if your family is not rich or if your parents don't have a really good job like it's tough to kind of claim those you know those stairs so I think here like doesn't matter what you have or don't you can always get it as, yeah. as long as you really want to you know I agree I, I, I do think there is even if it's just my imagination but I always felt like there was gatekeepers in England that were controlling my destiny a little bit more yeah. but there's something about the US that you do feel like you can express yourself you can make it on your own. You can stand out. It is kind of a land of opportunity. And um, yeah, it's not a myth either. I, re- I really felt that yeah, when I came out here. Sure. So 
So you came out to the US um, on the scholarship. Where did you end up at, at college? So I was supposed to go to Eastern Tennessee State University, so ETSU. Coach came across the US, I mean, to France for a week to come watch me play and stuff, and he offered me a full ride. Um, wow. And then I also had FIU for international that was pretty much a full ride. It was about like 90%. So that's what I had when I was back home. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go there and get it done. And then coming from not a speaking language, you have to um, take a test. It's called a TOEFL. And it's an English proficiency test that you just take to see what level you have. It's okay. out of 120. And you have to get, for me, it was I had to get 59, so pretty much half, to get a full ride. I got 19. <laughs> That's how bad my English was. So I got 19. And the guy was like, yeah, just take it again. And I was taking classes, like everything you can think of. And I'm like, nah, dude, can't. I'm not going to make it. So he's like, oh, take it again. I'm like, sure. So I studied for like two, three weeks, like crazy. And I'm like, I'm getting so much better. And I take it again. I think I got like 25, 26. It's an improvement. But yeah, but yeah, like it's, it's still not, not there. Not like it's half of right, where I was right. I need to be. So um, mm, okay. the guy's like, yeah, just do it. And I'm like, dude, like it's not going to happen. Like I'm not going to get to 60 in the next you know month. So yeah. So this exam basically shows that you'd be able to sit in classes and understand what's yeah, going like on. Yeah, like past classes. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. Because if they're giving, like a lot of it was academic rewards as well, but if you can't have good grades, like yeah. your scholarship is gone and you can't play. Gone. So and, and um, the school wants a certain graduation. Exactly. Rate and, so yeah. and then my parents don't have any money either, to be honest. So it wasn't like it wasn't possible for me to go there for six months, try it out, and then be like, all right, now you got to pay twenty five thousand yeah. or thirty thousand. Like, exactly. It just wasn't a thing. So. Um, I got hooked up with one of the guys that I used to play against in the academy. He was playing for Lorient. And um, I hit him up on Instagram. I'm like, hey, like, I see you play there. Like, it was a community college. Okay. And I'm like, hey, like, what do you think? And he said, yeah, just come through. So got in touch with the coach, watched my videos. And, like, it was community college. So I got super lucky because I ended up going there. And my freshman year, we won the national championship. We went 25-0. and oh, wow. And our team was, like, unbelievable. Like, but I didn't know anything about it. I just know it was in the middle of Iowa and like, I was just going to do it because my mm -hmm. whole point was like, I'm going to go there for a year and a half and just transfer. So it is what it is. Right. But to go to JUCO, you don't need that level of English. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I figured out when I get there and I learned when I'm there, which is obviously what I did. So my second year we went, I think like 23 and one or 23, one and one or something like that. So we like absolutely just killed everybody. So I got super lucky. Allen in a good team. I could have landed in a team that was one in ten or one in twenty and not know any better of it. So yeah. and like even nowadays like Iowa Western just won a national championship. They they were there two years ago, so it's always been like good program. a top class yeah. program. So So you had um, a lot of options after that, I'm guessing? A lot of schools interested? Um, yes and no. So I had a lot of schools interested, like I had FIU was still there, Boston College, Creighton. So I had a lot of really good D ones, but the money wasn't necessarily really there. So I did a lot of you know, visits and went there and kind of picked and choose. And, and I was like, I need a full ride. Like I, I can't spend money. I don't have any money. Like I'm not, I don't want to go in debt. So I need a full ride. So, and those coaches were like in and out kind of like, you know, they were interested, but they weren't giving me a absolute like straight offer. And Loyola came out of nowhere. They were like, come on a visit. So I went there and it was kind of like last option. And after the second day I get there, coach sits me down. He's like, I'm giving you a full ride of 24 hours. Oh. And I was like, oh man, like that was good, but it wasn't at the same time because I was freaking out. I was like, what am I doing? So I called my dad and he's like asking him and he's like, what do you mean? Like, 
it's a yes. And I was like, well, the school is not that good. Like it wasn't a top, you know, 50 program at the time. So school wasn't that, you know, great uh, as a program. And so I called Creighton. I'm like, hey, I got a full ride. Like, would you, you know, give me money? And the guy just laughed at my face. He's like, nah, dude, I can't wow. get for that money. I can get somewhere else. So I'm making calls left and right trying to, you know, my top choice. And everybody was kind of like, nah, that's what we got. So I just, 24 hours ago, I just signed and that's where I went. So going back at it, like, I didn't have the best experience at Loyola, um, playing, like, just in terms of, like, rushing with the coach and stuff. And I got injured in my senior year, pretty bad injury. So okay. I got, I injury? broke my back. So oh, I broke my L2 and the L3. So that was, like, six games in. So my senior year was pretty much done. Um, people were saying that I wasn't going to be able to play again and stuff like that. So it was pretty, pretty scary injury. So that's one of the things that I look back and I'm like, man, if I could do it again, maybe I would have gone somewhere else and take you know, those 10, 20, 30,000 debt. I don't like, it's always, you know, you look back and I could have done this and that, but I don't regret it or I don't, you know, hate, like I had a good experience, but maybe I could have, you know, have better. So, but I'm happy where I am now. So that's yeah. a good thing. And um, what did you study? What did you <laughs> graduate with? Um, so I graduated with a degree of communication and sport management. That was another thing coming back from JUCO credits didn't transfer really well and Loyola was really strict about credits because it's such a good academic school that it was psychology or communication so I was like well which one can I do the most with and communication was all about like you know marketing and PR and stuff so I feel like that's something that could help me in the long run even though I don't use that degree at all nowadays but it was a good like you know kind of you know general knowledge to have as like coming out of college so okay so then you graduated what happened then um, I played for, so I played in NPSL for like three or four years in an okay. hour. Um, so I was pretty so how, close how to them. So how did you stay on beyond your F1 visa? So you get a, you get an, a thing called OPT. OPT. So it's kind of like they give you a one year to like work slash find a job as long as it's in your communication degree, yeah. which like, that's a good thing about communication is I could do anything and make it sound like communication. Like I could literally just run my own thing on Instagram and be like, this is what I'm doing, you know, because communication is all about just social media and stuff. So that was the good thing. So I did, um, I, I played that summer in Ann Arbor, um, was looking for opportunities and didn't really have any USL and stuff. And the season was on, so I kind of was waiting around to like, you know, January to get some tryouts. So I actually coached um, with the Aston coach that was at Iowa Western. He was in a little school at Barton Community College in Kansas. So I coached there for like six months um, it was pretty good, honestly, pretty good program and really good experience, but I just wasn't ready to like hang up the cleats yet. Okay. And I just knew that like I had more to give. So yeah. after six months, when the spring started, I was like, okay, I got I to figure it out. So I went back to Michigan and kind of played there. Um, I was staying fit until the NPSL season came around. Got a couple of tryouts in USL, but the visa situation was kind of complicated. Yeah. Nobody really wanted to like give me a visa as a rookie, you know, spend yeah. that money and stuff. So, and now they have the, those cap with internationals as well. So it was, it was a pretty like rough spot to be in because I knew I was good enough, but they were not oh, willing goodness. to like yeah. use one of those, you know, like I went to uh, Richmond Kickers and the guy was like, yeah, we want to sign you, but we're going to actually sign this Jamaican international that has been playing in a national team for like 10 years. Like, yeah, of course. Like, how am I going right. to, you know, play against that guy? So, um, not saying that I was better or not, but it's just obviously like the, the CV. Yeah, the CV yeah. talks about it. So 
Um, actually, after that, went to India, played there for like no way. yeah, I played there for like a few months. Good experience, and then there was a lot of flooding there, okay. so a lot of like things got canceled. Like we couldn't fly, business shut down, so our main sponsor shut down, so they couldn't really pay me anymore. Wow, how how did it? So is this the IPL? What what's the league called? Uh, well, it was like there was two of there. There was like the Indian like Premier League thing, and then yeah. there's another one that is like the same thing, just not as much money. Okay. Um, so how how did this opportunity come? Just a random guy, honestly, like hit me up. He was a friend of a friend of a friend, and he's like, "Hey, like I got tryouts in India. Like, do you want to go?" And I was so desperate. I was like, wow. "I'm getting kicked out of the country in like two months. So I had to figure it out." So I was like, "All right, whatever. I'm just gonna fly there and and like." went to like two or three tryouts and then one team signed me and then he kind of went it's called uh kerala fc so it's like kind of like a middle southwest it's kind of like the jungle it it was really nice like it was a good experience but like it was just not a good time like timing just wasn't working so fortunately like i came back here and i was like running out so i went back to france for a little bit so you managed to come here just before your visa yeah i like i think i had like a month left or wow. something like that, not even. So I can't, I kind of came back here just to get my stuff, honestly. Like, I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm going to go back home. So I got to pick up my stuff. Okay. So I brought everything, went back home, and then Pat called me out of nowhere. And I was like, come for a trial. How does Pat, how did Pat know about you? Yeah, so this, um, one of the coaches from Ann Arbor used to play with Pat in a national team, okay. futsal national team. And before I went back home, there was this open tryout. So I just went. Like, again, like, last option, like, you know, desperate. So I just went, and Pat liked me, and he said, hey, come to preseason. But I was like, well, my visa expired. I, I can't really do that, but if I'm going to come, like, I want you to tell me that you're going to pay for my visa if you want to sign me. Because I don't want to do this whole thing again with USA of, like, you're good enough, but we're not going to do it, you know? So that's kind of what happened. And he's like, yep, if we like you, we do it. So that I was like, okay. So I went home and then came back for preseason. And fortunately, they signed me after the crazy story of like getting visas denied like three yeah. or four times. So originally, you were going to sign for three years, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. They applied for the visa, got rejected, which is pretty common in indoor. Three times. Three times. <laughs> and it's not something that you just wait a couple while, couple while. Um, the club actually has to pay each time they apply for the visa. Mm-hmm. So each time they're getting rejected, they're basically giving money yeah, away. Yeah. So then they finally got the approval or changed your contract so i I was on the visitor visa so i had three months so for like two months and two weeks like keep getting denied so i'm waiting here and i'm like okay i gotta go again i was like i gotta go home it's not gonna come through and the club actually paid a different lawyer that was like apparently big time worked with like nba and nhl players and stuff like that so long story short 24 hours later dude is like you got approved wow so like i know the club paid a lot of money for that guy too you know like i think it's a flat fee of like five thousand dollars to just give it to him and he's like give it to me and i make it happen and again like it's crazy because i've been waiting for two and a half months and i get getting denied and this guy 24 hours later makes two calls and he's like yep you gotta apply so I had to go to canada get my visa stomped over there in the u.s because you can't do it in the u.s you have to yeah. leave the country so i went to canada and then came back and then now was good to play so and then during that whole time like we played like i think 12 games so i missed all those games just here practicing but couldn't get paid couldn't play so it was when it happened it was definitely like happiness for sure yeah and that's great to show the club really wanted you you know going through those yeah that's what pat always t- talks about it, and he jokes he's like yeah we really wanted you that's why we signed you five years because 
I put some money off the budget into it. Yeah. Okay, and this is, so the season we're currently playing is your... Technically my fourth year, but we lost one last year. You, okay, so, so are you, how's that carried over in your contract? Are you here for... I have one more year one next more year. year. Yeah, so I'm finishing this season and I have one more season. So technically I'm on contract until August 23. So, and after that we see see what happens. Yeah, I know. The future is very uncertain especially well, when it comes yeah, to, in- to visa and stuff like it's kind of like you're not really in control of that situation like it comes with like other things around like talk about like visas and green cards and all the stuff around so it's it's always kind of tricky because you, do, you don't control it yourself like it has to be approved and you have someone that wants to sponsor you and stuff so mm-hmm. maybe, you have, maybe you have a green card this time next year Hopefully, I don't know yeah, we'll <laughs> <laughs> is, your, is your girlfriend listening <laughs> oh man so along the way in the background you started a coaching business mm-hmm. French Elite Football mm-hmm. so when did that start what inspired you to start it and just talk a little bit about that um, it started like in 2017 the summer when I was in Ann Arbor like you, you play in NPSL, like you don't really do anything. Like you just right. go in the morning. Our practices were like 9 a.m. I think. So you go from nine to like 11, and then you don't do anything. So and I always liked the part of like coaching, but more of like the player development of it. And I love coaching teams. Don't get me wrong, but being on one v one or like you know one and two group sessions, like you really can see and give the players every single detail for them to take their next their game to the next level. And that's really what. I enjoy about that because you can literally watch their first session and then a month later do the same exercise and he's just cruising through it, yeah. right? Just full work and stuff. So that was the biggest thing. And I kind of started there, had two, three, four clients, went on Coach Up. I know someone from your po- from your podcast mentioned it before. Um, so went on Coach Up and then I just got clients and clients and, and it just kept kind of piling up. And I was like, damn, like this can actually be like an actual business. Yeah. So at first it was kind of just doing it to like kill the time. And then it became, I was like, oh, I can't make money. So, mm-hmm. um, and then about two years ago, I actually made it like official business, like creating an Instagram page and giving it a name and all that stuff. So now for the past two years, I've been like actually running it and doing practice almost yeah. every day. So that's awesome. Yeah. And you, you've, you've been doing great with it and I'm, I'm in the same boat. Actually, I really enjoy the player development. I almost describe it as it's like giving someone a vitamin supplement like you you get your main nutrition from your meals and everything like that from your team training but if you can give someone those b vitamins just to kind of fill those gaps it can make a massive difference and i love being able to work with a player and just make a a fine adjustment to something a little thing and like like the biggest thing about like it it sucks when you are like a, a coach as like a team because you see those little things but you don't have time to like just hammer it over and over because you have to work on tactics and you have to work on that other player and this other guy and then you have to do shooting and passing and you know defending and when you do 1v1 it's just you can look at his foot and be like all right your foot's got to change half an inch to the left pointing towards this direction and really those little details and like it's so rewarding when you're done and you're like oh you can shoot now you know after like two three four sessions and honestly like when players are like at a super high level obviously it's just mini details but and you don't see as much development, but when you get a player that is like average, almost below average, like in three sessions, you make them a hundred complete, like different player. And it's like, so rewarding. Like when I get a parent that texts me and you say, hey, like he scored three goals this weekend. And like, yeah. you know, and it's so like, it almost comes as like, you have a private, like 
rush team with those players and they're all like your little brother and sisters yeah. like i always joke about it and i say i have like a thousand little brothers and sisters because mm-hmm. like i care and like when when the parents send me a text and say hey like it's cold this weekend like i'm i'm pumped you know i'm super happy yeah. so um the biggest thing about that is really like seeing a player getting excited about coming to sessions and get better and he's like how was your game this weekend it's like yeah shot like exactly the way you told me and then you know it's it's like it's super fun and that relationship that you get with those kids is a little bit different from like when you have a team because you obviously can have you know favorites and stuff yeah. so did you have anyone like that growing up or were you more self-motivated and just kind of improving yourself um it's funny because like i wasn't really that guy that was doing extra training which like honestly if i did i'd probably be like playing in the premier league or stuff like that because all the players that i played with are all playing in the premier league or oh, yeah. stuff like like a lot of them so who's the biggest name that us listening to the podcast would know probably pogba i think yeah i mean pogba, pogba yeah. yeah um i think the biggest one like Mares as well and Mares. ben mendy are like biggest ones that yeah. really but there is guys that play you know bournemouth and italy and stuff like that you probably seen play around though wow. so but it's like i would always give 100 percent of practice but then i wouldn't do extra and like those guys were so talented as well that they didn't do extra but i wasn't as talented so i needed to do that extra work and i never really did it and i always have this little account like regret of like not reaching like my you know extreme potential that i could have gone like i still think i'm a pretty good player but i could have probably been like you know a little bit higher too like i was a little bit chubby you know so like i was a little bit overweight so like maybe if i had those like you know other like 10 15 pounds like maybe i could have been different you know so Um, so it's, it's like that extra training now, like it's all about just little small details that I really enjoy doing. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was the same for you growing up in France, but doing extra training, I did a lot of it, but I almost felt people mocked it a little bit. I don't know if it was the same in yeah, France. Yeah, like, you try hard, right? yeah, yeah, try hard. Like yeah. why are you getting cones out? Yeah, why yeah, are you yeah. doing You're stuff weird, like this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, you were the weird kid. It, it actually we had one in my academy that he actually didn't he didn't go pro but he was that guy that like would come in like 20 minutes before yeah. and would do like extra training or ask for like lifting and, st- and we were like dude why are you trying so hard like yeah. chill but it's funny because now i'm like damn like if i did this like I, who knows where i would be you know yeah. and like now like i feel like it's a little bit more like because of christian ronaldo putting like you know all those like expectations of like hey you gotta be here an hour before an hour after and do extra like it's like now it's more like yeah why don't you do more you know but definitely back in the days like i I definitely feel the way you did like you would make fun of people like what are you trying so hard i'd almost try and find (coughs) football pictures that were just so hidden it was like a secret yeah because you didn't want people to see it yeah it was the same way about my youtube channel as well i if people found out that i made youtube videos i'd be devastated (laughs) i'd be so embarrassed and now you have what like a million followers (laughs) i still i still have that little inkling feeling in me when i'm turning on the camera i'm out in public at a pitch just from my childhood but it's funny because like even nowadays like with the whole tiktok and stuff like when someone is in a random place and they put their phone and take tiktok video you're like look at those losers you know like you know kind of yeah we were just in mexico and there was a a guy and a girl and they would they would give the phone to each other and they would do a dance and then give it and we were just like what are they doing and when there's no music playing or yeah, anything and it's just quiet like, just birds chirping and cars yeah. going past you're like what is happening here the editing after you're like oh okay it looks pretty cool but you do this literally we all do the same thing so it's but I definitely I have that little like 
even when I do my private sessions and I record it, like people pass by and like, what is this dude recording? You know, like yeah. it's it's definitely still. And then with TikTok being so big too, like it's it's weird. You yeah. know, I think there's something about it because I get the same thing if I'm filming myself in Rochester where I where I live. If people are walking around the side of the pitch, especially the older generation, they're like, "What? What are you filming yeah, for?" To himself. Yeah, they're like, what, "What are you filming for? Like, what? What is this?" They think it's some big documentary or like a big yeah. thing because I've got my big tripod and stuff. They're like, "Are you like a national team player?" Yeah. I'm like, "Nope, I'm just <laughs> just a normal guy just yeah. doing it." And they're like, "Don't quite understand." They're like, "Okay," and then just carry on. And I can just imagine they've gone home, told their wives yeah, about yeah. it and stuff like that. Like, it's weird, yeah. yeah sure. But um, you just got you got to just try and ignore it as much as you can. But on the, on the topic of social media, where can people find your content? So you got French Elite Football on Instagram, just all one word. Yeah, French Elite Football with a Y. Okay. Um, on Instagram, and then I have like a little YouTube channel as well. Same thing, but I don't honestly like. I, didn't know that. I like to say I, I don't have the time. But it's more like I don't like to put the effort into right. like because I'm doing privates and stuff things. and I'd rather just go do a private than like spend an hour editing because like, you know, with driving and stuff. And it's just like I don't really have the time of like doing it or like want to do it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather spend time with my girlfriend if I have, you know, one or two hours instead of editing and stuff. So um, I did it a little bit and it's like I'm not too, too big into like social media. So it's kind of like even my page, I don't really post that often stuff. So it's like. I like to know, like, people say, hey, I'm coaching, or I'm getting trained by this guy, check him out, or, like, call him and stuff, so, and I have a website as well that okay. is on there too, but. I'll put all this in the description, but just for the people, it's what, www.frenchatedfootball.com, yep. yeah, perfect. <laughs> Something else I wanted to talk about as well, so recently you created a resource for people looking for scholarships, because I know very well, I had no clue where to start when I was coming over to the US, but even within the US as well. And with the amount of players out there now, so many players to choose from, from coaches, you do need to stand out when you're communicating with coaches, going through the process. You do have to dot those I's, cross those T's. So talk a little bit about the the program that you've put together and how it can help people find opportunities. Yeah, so um, I created now about, I started like in the summer, um, creating a course so it's an online course um, kind of like almost like a book you know but with videos and PDFs and documents and audio files so a bit more like not as boring as a book like I can't interact yeah it's it's tough for me to sit down and, and read a book forever so um, creating an online course where I teach uh, high school players how to earn a scholarship so soccer only for now um, and how to like you know create a highlight, how to email a coach, how to find a school that you might be interested, in, how to make a list, you know. So all those details from A to Z. So a lot of information is not necessarily something that I invented or like made up, but it's really the biggest thing that I wanted to do is take people from A to Z step by step, really telling them exactly what to do. Because um, a lot of players, and it started really from having clients that got D3 offers or D2s and I'm like man you're much better than that but they just didn't get the opportunity or didn't play or send emails you know and then just never they went through the nest and nobody really knew of them so like I have one of those the girl that started this year she's in D3 and like obviously D3 doesn't have scholarship so she's a good student but she's playing a lot and I'm like yeah. dude you could play in D1 like easily but because she's from PA didn't play in a big club she moved and stuff so just kind of went through that 
that you know that net and never got found out so that's really where it started and i did a couple like you know kind of like coaching of like helping them out but it just takes so much time to like do it for them so the whole thing of my course is i'm teaching you how to do it on your own you know and you have you have recruiting um companies that do it as well but they charge you like two thousand three thousand five thousand and then you realize at the end that you're not really happy with it so my whole thing of like i'm teaching you and you can do it on your own if you want it like bad enough yeah. you know so that's really the biggest thing of where where it started from and i started it so it's been launched for about three weeks now so got a few people that have been going through and some good feedback so far so yeah that's awesome yeah something i would have absolutely loved it would have saved me a lot of time because i remember when i first started out i just went for it tried to do it on my own and learned a few tough lessons early on how to not communicate with coaches <laughs> what things to say what not to say and this probably would have saved a lot of time and and stress but these are kind of skills that even beyond getting a college scholarship these are things that are helping people get interviews maybe tryouts for pro teams things like these these are really life skills that you're teaching and like you said you're not inventing them but you're polishing them and you know what's worked you've connected with so many coaches you know what they're looking for yeah the biggest like example that i have is like I use a lot of my own personal experience in the course, saying things to do and not to do, same as you, like, right? But there is, for example, like, I have a template of emails, like, exactly what to send with, like, fill the blank, you know? Like, it's cool. a first email. But, like, like you just said, like, if you send a coach to a big-time D1 or a small D1 or D2 or D3, it's not the same email, right? Like, just D3, for example, they don't have at least scholarship. Yeah. So don't email them and say, hey, I'm an incredible player because at the end of the day, like, they want to know if you can go to school, Yeah. if you can have a good GPA. So, like, all of those little things that you don't necessarily know or you don't, nobody teaches you. Like, a lot of clubs now are doing a good job at, like, educating parents and players, but it's kind of like, you know, Q&As of, like, hey, you have a question, we answer it, but where do you get that question from? Because you never went through it, you know? So it's like, yeah, that coach sent me an email. What should I answer? That's cool. But how do, how do you get that first email in the first place? You know what I mean? So it's really just like helping people from A to Z, really holding their hands. And like, if you want to do it and put the time in, like, you can get a scholarship. Because there is like a lot of opportunities out there. Like, there's a lot of teams, you know? Yeah, there's a ton of teams out there. Well, that's awesome. And how can people find this? And actually, we have a... We have a special little offer for people, don't they? I've got a, I've got a link. You're hooking up seven MLC listeners mm -hmm. with a bit of an opportunity to get a discount, uh, which is an incredible. It's already at an amazing price. Like you say, other companies are offering similar things for thousands and thousands, and many of these companies haven't even been through the process. Yeah. They, they're in the UK or they're in Europe and they've never actually been through the process. It's themselves. the whole like algorithm of like, hey, we get your profile and we send it out, and then like, if you get an answer, that's awesome. If you don't. We get yeah. your money because um, they put you on the spot. You got to pay in front too. It's not like, hey, if we get you a scholarship, then you pay us. It's a ten percent or whatever. Like it's hey, you give us four thousand and then we get you one. And if we don't, yeah. what are you gonna do about yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. I mean? So, so it's it's such a unique opportunity <laughs> because not only have you been through it, you've recently been through it, and you had to do a lot of the legwork yourself. So it's. It's getting first-hand experience. Mm -hmm. You've probably had pitfalls. You've probably had successful moments. You've probably had emails that you sent that you got rejected from. So you've really fine-tuned the information that you're giving to people. So I think it's going to be really helpful and appreciate you putting it out there. So where can people find the course? 
Um, so, well, I think the bigger, the easiest thing for them is to use your uh, affiliate link. So, okay. um, I will send you the actual. Well, you have the link, I think, right? Yeah. So, um, when you share it, the they notes. can get in there and go to your link, and it's a whole like landing page, and you can just enroll. I actually just created a free preview as well. So okay. there is about. So my my thing has ten chapters and about I think. 40 lessons and there is six or seven on free preview right now so for people that even don't want to buy it but want to use you know some of those information as well that's why it's there for so they can use that free preview and see if they like it or may have also feedback too like i always want feedback and see like because there might be things that i forget as well you know so um i had three division one coaches as well that went through it so that was big because they told me hey dude you forget this and i'm like oh man yeah like it's it's simple and it's yeah. like Logic and for me, I don't even think about it. Before, but for somebody that doesn't know, it's a big detail, you know. It's brand new. Too. So, so that's the biggest thing. And then after that, I have as well like my home website through it as well. So it's called the College Recruiting Guide. So www that the College Recruiting Guide, and obviously two G's in a row, and then dot com. So that's awesome. where you can find it. Amazing man. So, just to wrap up, I'd love to know what's what's next for French Elite Football and what's next for Frenchie. You know, obviously you've got a couple more years of professional indoor football, probably more. I'm sure you'll get offered a an extension on your contract. What what do you see the future holding for you? Um, well, it's like for French Elite Football, it's it's like you know keep developing and stuff. And I have like it's incredible like the amount of success I have now when you do things right. Like I've got. 20 people on wait list right now trying to get in so it's always like obviously a good feeling you know to to do that here and and it's funny that you mentioned contracts because i already had a talk with pat this morning about extending my contract so we see what happens with that but um um maybe here maybe somewhere else i don't know how long i'll be playing too because my body is starting to hurt a little bit too much so uh we see and and again like he comes to you know making decisions like on life as well like you know with girlfriend and where do I want to establish my home and because I've been just moving around so it comes to a point now that it's like okay what's the best situation for me for you for us you know where mm-hmm. do we want to leave and all those little details so things are up in the air and kind of looking around and see where we go but the beauty about like you know FEF is that I can take it anywhere Absolutely. and still do prior session and I would just obviously have to rebuild you know my clients but when you get one, two, three, and then they talk, and then it's my teammates. Hey, he wants to do it too, and then it gets bigger when you do things right. So that's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited. I'm at least get to share a little bit of that journey with you, and it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. You're doing some great stuff. Hopefully, we'll collab on social media too. We'll get you on the YouTube channel. Show as some long of as you do the whole techers. editing stuff, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So make sure you guys check out Frenchie, Frenchie Elite Football on Instagram, FrenchieEliteFootball.com. And also the college recruiting guide.com if you want to have a look at that course would fully recommend it i know i get a lot of questions asking me how i came out to the us how to go about it so this is an actual resource that's very affordable from someone who's been through the system come out the other end is now playing professional indoor football and has his own coaching business so not a bad guy to learn from Uh, any last words for the people listening i always end with this question um, what does it mean to you to fulfill your potential? Because I find the more people I talk to, the definition of potential really changes and it always fascinates me. So what does it mean to you? Well, it's actually funny because I just used it like five minutes ago. So um, I guess for me, like potential is like, what's the highest like you know level you could have reached if you did all the X, Y, Z details that you could have done, right? 
And at the end of the day, like not everybody is gonna reach their full potential, I think, because you can always get better. Mm -hmm. But it's more about like thinking about regrets. Like, do you have regrets of things that you've done, right? And I've mentioned it earlier, like I didn't fulfill my full potential because I have some regrets of like, man, I could have done that and this, you know? So I think for me, it's like, hey, like every day, and I use this with my kids all the time, like, can you get 1% better every single day? So when you go to practice, did you try to get better? You know, when you were sitting on your butt at home on the couch, like, could you be doing training or could you be watching film or, you know, other things that you don't have to train all the time, like, because your body does need to recover, but can you do that extra little thing to, as you say, like, fulfill your potential and get to the highest level that you can be, you know? Cool. That's brilliant advice. Thanks, man. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Really enjoyed it. You enjoy it? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, been a absolutely. long time. We're trying to catch up, so I'm yeah. happy. You I was made able it, to made it happen. It's funny because it does seem when you're just always in the same room as someone, like whether you're a colleague or something, sometimes it's even harder to get together because you're not... You, you kind of sit back and you're like, oh, we'll, we'll we get do tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow, yeah. That's what today so, you were like, you want to do tomorrow? I was like, I'm coming today. Today, yeah. yeah. If we, we say tomorrow, then something will happen tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, so it's been good having you, man. I'm sure we'll get you back on the podcast. Definitely get some clips on Instagram and YouTube together. And I'm excited to see what happens. All right, yeah. man. Thank you. Thank you. Legend. So there we have it. Fantastic chat with Matthew Bream, a.k.a. Frenchie. Really incredible journey, lots of experiences and a lot of great resources for you to improve as footballers, but also get opportunities here in the US on a soccer scholarship. So make sure you check out Frenchie on social media. It's at Frenchie Elite Football. Also check out his website. I'm going to leave everything in the show notes to make it easy for you. And be sure to take advantage of the discount code if you are interested in picking up Frenchie's program. I'd fully recommend it. It's going to help you in some amounts when you're going through that process of talking to coaches, emailing, looking for the best opportunity possible. But I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you could leave a review on your podcast platform, it really helps spread the messages of these podcasts far and wide to the players that need them. I'll be back with another podcast episode, hopefully very, very soon. But until then, go out there and fulfill your potential. Mm-hmm.